the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy Friday to you. It was one week ago, almost at this time, that I learned my mother passed away. Um, so I'm dealing with that. My quality of show is a little less than I want. I'll stop talking about it because maybe you won't even notice. Um, but I'm kind of feeling it, if you know what I'm saying. I'm just, eh, it's not quite there. Um, but we do have some stuff to talk about. Roku, if you listen to the commercials on the station, uh, during one of our commercial breaks, we were just doing how did this company's earnings do? So we do the Bloomberg reports. We do the market updates, the CNBC kind of things. Um, the Fox Business News headlines of the morning. Um, it's been an interesting week. It's going to come down to the wire, which is a phrase that, I don't know, is it still relevant? Um, this week has been seen some ups and it's seen some downs. The start of the week was like, record highs and then by midweek and again we call it a shortened week we got to do a little digestion on okay now what's next and it, it really seems the the number one thing for the market is let's see how big that stimulus is going to be and or not going to be and janet yellen got in front of the microphones late yesterday and said we need the stimulus otherwise the economy in the united states can expect to have some negative bumps i'm paraphrasing but that's about the idea so janet yellen was a big story yesterday i think inflation i took off part of the week so i'm a little bit behind but inflation seems to be a little bit more of a story on wall street this week versus last week um this week we also got joe biden saying that $50,000 in debt forgiveness for students probably not going to happen in the short term because I'd rather get some stimulus going to younger education or uh, maybe some other areas that are important to getting the economic traction that he and his administration believe in. But state attorney generals instantly came out and said, come on, Biden, uh, do us a favor and forgive $50,000 in student loan debt. Like, it would make the state legislature's job easier if we had a federal solution to our govern to our cost of college, right? A multi-state group of attorney generals urged Congress to adopt two measures to call on Biden to cancel up to fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt. It is interesting because I you didn't really see that in the playbook. Yeah, you kind of got that Biden was running for president, and yes, you want to get young people out of vote, so you say, let's cancel student debt. 
And yes, you want to get old people out to vote. So you're like, let's get free health care. And yes, you want to get uh, hardworking Americans who are middle class out. So you say, let's let's help the unions. And then reality comes in and it's never quite the way you want it. I think that's the number one takeaway that I'm going to have from today's show is, again, it's the distance between what you want versus what you get um, that hurts the most. And to me, this the economy feels very wah, 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 wah at this point. There's not a lot of sizzle here. So the racial wealth gap is – it's huge and how it plays into effects on state attorney generals. And I'm like, I should think about that. Okay, if we cancel $50,000 in debt, essentially where it takes stress out of a lot of people's lives and maybe they'll commit less crimes. I'm not going that far with the assumptions, but that's what the the headline news is, is making it sound like. Um, point being is I, I don't think – and I was talking right before I started this hour of do we think 2021 is going to be a year that we get back to normal? It, I want you to lower your expectations. It looks more like 2022. Not for all parts of the economy because I will tell you what, I'm not very political. During October and November, every four years, you have to be political in radio and television. You have to have some thoughts on how it's going to play out in the economy. You have to have some. And right now I'm like, can I take a break from this and focus on other technological areas and other areas that we can get some, you know, uh, spit shine to make, you know, some money to get some retirement ideas going. Um, but taking a little break from the, the, the headline news. Within reason, I got to admit, though, uh, Ted Cruz get into a little hot water of going off to Cancun and vacation with his family while Texans are dying. Um, that's a tough one for me because I'm not in anyone's shoes and I'm not there to judge. But I will say this, Cancun does sound like a, a nice trip to go Google and search, right? And let's put it this way. There's no more occupancies at the Ritz. Part of the headline news cycle yesterday was, I guess, one of Ted Cruz's either his wife or his daughter. Someone was talking about, let's stay at the Ritz. The rooms are only $300. And I'm like, Cancun Ritz, huh? <laughs> it didn't take me long to Google search direct flights. Not going to do it because I'm not quite there yet. But more and more, the wah, 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 I want to. But again, the reality is I'm not. And I think that's something we're going to have to transition to in Wall Street. I, I have to imagine there's going to be a little painful transition. And again, buying an opportunity for me. But again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'd rather be wrong than right on this one. So how much stimulus does Janet Yellen throw out? When do we start seeing inflation? We're seeing it in some pockets already. And trust me, we have not had to talk inflation in the stock market, in the stock market media for a long time. But if lumber shoots up and drug prices shoot up and car prices shoot up and Oil is stubbornly high. Why? Because we can't refine it right now. All of our refineries are in Texas and Mississippi area on the Mississippi River. So we can send that sludge up and down the river um, and the gasoline cross country with those pipelines being right there. Um, ice storms have kind of pushed gas prices higher. And you're like, do we? that's something we don't need. I can tell you that right now. Is it when we're looking for Janet Yellen to give us stimulus, we don't want to see gas and oil prices spike up. Especially since if you look at the calendar, we still got another month, maybe a month and a half of winter to go. Um, higher gas prices acts like a tax on the economy. 
So there's always going to be a sweet spot that you want to oil somewhere in between 40 and 60. 40 is too low. 60 is starting to get a little too high because it creates that inflation pressure, that higher ticket price to Cancun, higher hotel price. When you get to Cancun, to, because everyone wants to go to Cancun, demands from there right now. Ted Cruz, tell me, tell me Expedia should not sign him to a deal right now. That's the late night kind of comedy I want again. I'm so, oh, as I'll say, put the year 2020 and 2021 behind us. But anyway, Roku is higher today. That's interesting to note. They um, impressed earnings. Or they impressed investors with their earnings. Solid quarter. Um, Roku has been a big winner in the pandemic. So I think I have like five or six Roku devices now. And I don't want to, it doesn't sound like I'm bragging. I've got two homes. And I'm, that's bragging. And that's, to me, a crazy, crazy luxury um, that's not lost on me. Anyhow and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I can hear program directors around the country swearing at the radio right now when I say the tunes of this hasn't been my best week of shows my mother passed away last week and my brain is just it's not pushing out the right phrases at the right speeds or something like that that's okay and again program directors are mad because you're never supposed to talk about it on an air because maybe the audience isn't having a bad day or maybe the audience isn't noticing that you're not exactly clicking i tried to do a different type of show when I talk to you about <clears throat> the importance of using a 401k and a 403b and I make it sound like it's life or death, uh, I, I want to carry some, some weight with you. I want to be on the same page with you that I do really honestly think that 401ks and 403bs are super important for you. Today we talked a little bit about 6G and Apple's start and push into that world. Um, that's 10 years away in a lot of people's heads. So there's going to have to be some faith that there's something in between here and there. We are starting to see a lot of evidence that Apple's going to have a big 2022, big 2023, as far as dropping some stuff on the markets. In the end, it did look like uh, <clears throat> the leaks on the Apple car were right, that it was coming out of South Korea. Even though Apple tried to bait and switch us and say, no, 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 we're not going to do, do business with them because they broke our confidence. <laughs> like, you're really that petty? And the answer is, oh, yeah, they are. But when push comes to shove, they come right back around. Stocks are rising today after Janet Yellen calls for more stimulus. Um, and I have to imagine, again, I'm not very politically wet right now. And what I mean by that is I'm not in the deep end. Uh, I'm just getting my toes back into thinking about what politics is going to do for the economy. Um, but stimulus is going to be good. It's only going to get so far. <clears throat> Bitcoin has hit a trillion dollars in market value as cryptocurrencies are still surging. Um, I 
am open to the idea and comfortable with the idea if you want to own one to two percent of your wealth in Bitcoin, that's fine. Don't get too caught up in making it too much of a bet. But the digital currency is now trading at $54,000 per coin. And again, it, it, someone like an Elon Musk and uh, Tesla, you go, you either, I, I'm guessing you probably love them and or hate them. But if they did the billion plus dollar investment in Bitcoin, they're already sitting on a $600, $700 million gain. Wow. Um, yesterday, I saw that Tesla slashed the prices on their Model 3 and Model Y. Eh, they did it and they didn't. The sticker price to start was lower, but if you want to get the premium loaded values thrown in, it's a little bit more expensive. But it's also telling you that a lot of competition is coming to the electric vehicle market. I believe there's going to be a big shakeout. And I still think Tesla's going to be kind of on top. Um, I can tell you, if you don't get out enough, and I'm not judging anyone for not getting on a plane in 2020. I say thank you for not getting on a plane in 2020. I say sorry to the airlines. And that's why you get some stimulus, and that's why you get your handout. So that's why I'll be loyal to you in the future. Um, but there's not a lot of electric vehicles in the United States. So... Even as more competitions coming in and Ford saying things like, hey, we got to get our whole European fleet ready by 2030. Otherwise, we'll lose market share. So you're hearing about Asia, China, East Coast versus West Coast. Tesla's still got some, how shall we say, fuel to play with. Texas and the grid operator. Oh, man. All I'll tell you is if you don't believe in climate change, but you believe in crazy weather, um, there could be a place for Home Depot or Genovac in your portfolio. Genovac being a portable generator company, Home Depot and Lowe's being the, we're going to get out shopping and we're going to try to you know, board up that has been frozen or that has been flooded or that, ha that has been shaken down to the ground. The Texas grid operator is going to end emergency conditions. Millions of Americans are unable to boil water. Is that fascinating? The lights are coming back on in Texas, but I get all I'll say is I want to go to Cancun and I don't know why. Talk about subliminal marketing, right? Okay, so it's not that subliminal. Um, Cancun. I like south of Cancun. I like getting lost amongst people that I, I have nothing in common with. I love getting off the grid and you know unplugging and authenticity of the culture and the food. Um, then again, I, I do crave some McDonald's after 10 days in a foreign country. Anyway, Pfizer gets, is getting some support for its COVID-19 vaccine. Um, an Israeli study indicates that the vaccine is highly effective with just a single dose, while stringent cold storage requirements could be eased. Remember when we were talking about the first round of vaccines? The Pfizer said we're going to need some sub-zero freezers, and Americans are like, what's a sub-zero freezer? And do we have them? And then you heard about universities like Stanford saying, oh, we'll give up our freezer for Pfizer's vaccine. That we're starting to get a little loose on that. I don't know how I feel about that. The headline makes me a little squeamish. And in my head, I'm like, okay, they're not going to let science blow this. They're not going to do that. But if you still feel squeamish, aren't you still feeling squeamish? And I haven't got my shot yet. I want to get my shot sooner than later. I'm one of those people. 
Uh, Novavax is unveiling deals to supply vaccines around the world. So this time next year, I think we're going to be in really good shape. But I wanted to say this time in the fall or this fall. I don't know. Are those questions starting to pop up with you? Because I'm starting to see them pop up in reality. I was talking about the CFP yesterday who was like, um, I, there's no reason for me to live in the state that I'm living in. There's no reason for me to live in the, to have the office that I have. Like, he's losing hope of when does he actually get back to something that looks like, you know, business as usual. So a lot of us are starting to think more 2022 as thorough. And 2021 is kind of bumpy in the direction we want to go. I'm Rob Black, Games Without Frontiers. Be nice to each other. Take a break. Be right back. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. New Focus on Wealth with Rob Black. I'm Rob Black. One of the things I try to do that you don't see a lot of is look for worst case scenarios. I get a lot of emails through the years. Many of them say similar things like, thank you so much for staying optimistic. Thank you for getting me in the market. I've turned 401k into 300,000. I've got 20 years left. What should I do now? It's interesting. I'm very grateful. Feedback is usually pretty positive. On occasion, there is a psychodoodle person out there. If I say something like, there's a trend in e-commerce and FedEx and UPS will benefit, he hears you should buy FedEx and UPS. I hear that e-commerce has 15 different players. And you can start at the top of the food chain with Amazon and get to the bottom of it with the delivery companies and people like PayPal and Venmo benefit in the middle and how you pay online. Credit card companies potentially are benefactors. You get the idea. I'm not perfect in an interpretation. I don't say you should use this show as a map to wealth. I think this is more, it teaches you what the map might look like to you, what the legend might be on your financial map. But one area that I look for trouble is because when it comes, I want to say it. When you have a 10-year up bull market, there's a odd start to increase that you're going to have one incredibly bad down period where a lot of people cash in. It turns in from 5% to 10, 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 25 to 30. Because for the previous 10 years, everyone made money. That's called expecting a correction. I don't talk a lot about it. I don't see the odds as very high at this point in time. Continues to build. And the pressure on the market continues to build to get it right. So far, we seem to be getting it right. Whatever form of capitalism we're using is rewarding the stock market. And by capitalism, I mean low interest rates and monetary supply. Fiscal and monetary stimulus are critical drivers of this market right now. But one area that kind of showed up on the map in 2020, 2021 is a couple companies talked about a chip shortage. Qualcomm brought it up. The first hints of a chip shortage, not like chip and salsa, not like uh -uh, semiconductor. 
the worlds were the worlds were in havoc. They were in throes of pandemics in 2020, 2021. It obliterated demand. And at the same time, we started thinking, okay, how do we rebuild this infrastructure? How do we rebuild the supply chain? We saw the most serious shortage in years of semiconductors that lie at the heart of everything from smartphones to cars and TVs. Ford in 2021 said, we're going to have to ratchet back sales of the F-150 truck because we can't get enough semiconductors to put into it. You should not take that lightly. And to, to play further wax on, Ford F-150 is the best-selling vehicle. It's all that in a bucket of chicken. If Ford earns money, it's through the Ford F-150. It's not their financing. It's not their four-door sedans. It's through their trucks. And to say, whoops, we have a shortage. What happened? That's unacceptable. Or is it? Auto and electronic makers have cut back drastically. And what would we be referred to as the ramp back up to normalcy. Qualcomm was the poster child saying, look, we had as great of a quarter as we could have had. And had we had more supply, we would have sold even more. You've heard companies like Apple, the first hundred days of them ramping up and how many reorders do they get and not get? Consumes a lot of semiconductors and getting this order right is super important for all players. North American plants on making vehicles, car makers, have struggled with a big drop in output due to waiting for semiconductors, 5G ready, smartphones, semiconductors to connect your car, to get the GPS working completely with the whole thing. Chip shortages are expected to wipe out $60 billion of sales in 2021. Just for the automakers. Let me repeat that again. For 2021, chip shortages are expected to wipe out $60 billion in sales because there's no inventory available. Which instantly puts in my head, okay, so anyone who has a car now will probably be getting used car parts or car parts to keep that car on the road longer if there's a shortage of vehicles. So there's some winners inside this losing story of $60 billion. Qualcomm said some of their high-end iPhones had a shortage in components in 2021. Companies like NXP Semiconductors and Infineon Technologies, whose roles near the top of supply chain grant visibility over global chip supply, they're two of the guys I watch. I shouldn't say guys, because that may be a confusing term. They're two of the players in the semiconductor industry that I watch to see how things flow. You saw Sony and Microsoft Xbox have massive shortages. And you may go, ah, that's just the big media companies playing the consumer with the new PlayStation 5, making it look like it's super hot demand. Sony PlayStation 5 and the Microsoft Xbox Series X didn't sell as many units, consoles, as there was demand. And if you're cynical, you're going to say, that's just the media companies, Microsoft and Sony, playing us. The reality as a business person, they're leaving sales on the table. 
but they're also ramping up. It takes, when did we first hear about the Sony PlayStation 5? When did we hear first hear about the Xbox Series X? 18 months, like it was easily 2019. And then during the year of the pandemic, we started seeing like, oh, they're not going to do a live show in Vegas to show us the new games. They're going to do it online. It was still there, but it was announced 2019 what the hardware specs are going to look like. So how did these two companies with such a long runway blow it, make a mistake of not having enough consoles ready on launch? Semiconductor shortages. If they could sell every, if they could sell twice what they did, they would have. They're not holding back supply to create artificial demand. They're not. If you could find uh, NVIDIA 3080 video card in the first half of 2021, you're a lucky man. Because the company said there's going to be massive shortages of this video graphics card. AMD makes a similar one that they're not going to be able to fix that supply constraint until the middle of 2021. Again, the actual dates aren't important. What's important is that you keep an eye out for the worst case scenarios. And for the auto industries to lose 60 billion in sales, that's a big one. I'm not panicky, but it's one thing that I've put together that's not ideal. I'm Rob Black, talking about creating wealth. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. There is no doubt an element of being at the right place at the right time is important with success or failure. In life, I know that sounds a little bit pretentious. Maybe it is. What I want you to get out of this is something a little bit more of the right place at the right time. What's he mean to me? And I can tell you that for me, it meant when I was 18, I mean, I decided I'm going to use Wall Street as my funding vehicle for retirement. It wasn't a bad time. I had the dot-com era coming, the first one, then with Yahoo's and companies like Google, the second round of the internet with the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters, social media, so to speak. We've had cars go from combustion engines to electric vehicles. We've had a focus of pollute as much as you want, to maybe this isn't the best idea for the environment, for the planet we're living on, the planet we need. I'm not a big environmentalist. I still do way too many single serving cans or bottles of way too much of my life. But I, I'm aware of the trend. But the idea of being in the right place at the right time is something I want to talk about for just a quick minute. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be negative. Work with me on this one, okay? Bonds versus stocks. I can't make a good case for bonds when the yield is so low. Because I compare cat investments 
to inflation and cash to inflation. I would much rather have money in the markets in stocks and I can find conservative ones or aggressive ones. The bonds versus inflation return isn't good enough for me to justify the bonds overtaking the stock's return. In theory, I have enough money to live to until the day I die, minus big ticket purchases and maybe health scares. I'll tell you what, if I need a new gaming machine to play video games on, easy. If I need cancer treatment to keep me alive for six more months, very difficult. And I'm going to fight for that cancer treatment much more expensive than, say, a video game computer. We're going to have priorities. Things are going to, you know, whack us at funny times. But let's go back to what, what I'm saying is I was at the right place at the right time, but so are you. This is what you got to work with, so you got to work with it. And whether you're seeing Bitcoin becoming an alternative to the dollar, whether you're seeing electric vehicles being bought versus combustion engines. In ninth grade for the science fair, I built a combustion engine. Um, I did not do it with a model kit. I did it by buying a, a, an engine and putting it together. Before it goes into a car, I went to a junkyard and bought a scrapped car that got crushed in a car accident, but the engine was intact, so I was able to, to replicate it. That was 40 years ago, 30 years ago, roughly 35. Okay. Let's make me a little bit younger sounding than the reality. That was a long time ago. And combustion engines have stuck around for a long time. We don't need them anymore. We can turn on the sunshine. We can charge our vehicles. Now, again, we can start getting into the, well, the materials that go into the engine and the batteries are so bad for the planet. We're actually hurting the planet by trying to save the planet. I get it. I'm just talking right place, right time, okay? Don't get mad at me on anything else. So to me, stocks are the better place to be. But in 2021, and I've, I've said this in 2020, in 2019, in 2018, in 2017, in 2016, can interest rates go lower? And the answer has always been yes. And interest rates went lower, bonds became a lot less attractive. Now that we've moved from the 60 basis points, 10-year treasury, as it starts moving higher, because all the monetary stimulus and fiscal stimulus has created demand in good times and in bad times, there should be some underlying inflation, which obviously helps the plays on Bitcoin, but it also helps stocks, no, bonds. The higher the interest rates, the more attractive I'm gonna to become to bonds. When bonds yield half of 1% or 1% or 1.5%, I'm not that attracted to them. Sexually speaking, let's make a sexual metaphor out of bonds. I'm going to be very careful here. You don't have to believe me. But the 10-year treasury at 0.6 to 1.2, I'm like, that's anemic. And let me just reset and go back to 25 years ago, being at the right place at the right time. A mortgage was 12%. And through the years, it became 10%. And in my lifetime, it became 8%, and then 6%, 5%, 4%, 3%, 2 for a mortgage. And oddly enough, during that same 25-year period, with a year or two of unhappy, the prices on homes have marched higher. I'm willing to throw down $10 to year one. 
that if interest rates continue to move higher, if that trend persists, and the 10-year treasury gets back to 3.5%, home values will be stagnant to sideways during that period of, of the March higher. Now, there will be some markets that have no supply and people will overbid for them. But the cheap cost of money has been the really attractive thing about mortgages. And at one point in time, Trump took it away from California and New York State. Big old expensive mortgages were a tax deduction. And part of his tax plan was to take that away in some people's minds to punish California and New York, states that are blue. Because homes are so expensive in those states, the people who donate to the Democrats tend to live on the coast. Now, again, I, that's that's getting kind of like painting everything with a, a single brush, and that's wrong. But let's talk about it. Let's focus again on wealth, and let's focus again on what I'm trying to get across this segment. When the 10-year treasury is under 3.5%, I buy stocks. Now, that was my statement 25 years ago. My statement 25 years ago was actually when the 10-year treasury is under 4%, I buy stocks. Because inflation runs between 2 to 4%. If I can get inflation plus a little bit more with government security, I'm taking it. I'm not taking it. I'm, just, I'm saying I, in theory I should take it because I'm beating inflation. Historically, inflation's run 2 to 4%. So when I can get returns close to that, I'm going to take it. I'm going to put some money aside and say cash is trash. Cash loses every year to inflation. I keep as little cash on hand as possible. Because if inflation goes up 2%, my buying power just went down 2%. In theory, it's not quite that simple, but that's the idea. So the 10-year treasury is more important to me than almost anything. The 10-year treasury and the first uh, jobs report, the first Friday of every month, those are my two leading economic indicators of do I buy stocks or bonds. And trust me, I will buy bonds in retirement, especially if the 10-year treasury is at 35 4%, 5%. I'm buying nothing but bonds at 5%. Stocks can't compete with that without risk. And that's where you go, oh, stocks have some risk. And that's where you get rewarded for going with bonds or going with cash. Cash has no risk in theory. If it's in your home, maybe you can get robbed. If it's in a bank, maybe the bank can get you know shut down, but you're you're insured up to $100,000 per account. Again, we've never really tested that system very much. So the run on banks protections should stay in place, but we don't want to be a banana republic where, oh, bank closed today, you lose all your money. We don't want to be that country. We want to have confidence in the banking system so they can go out and lend money and help keep society fruitful in productivity, help keep society fruitful in new research and development, and help keep society fruitful with small restaurants that, how shall we say, have mom's ragu sauce. Versus Cheesecake Factory, which they put it in a jar, sell it on a supermarket. That'll stay fresh for a year, quote unquote, stay fresh. You get where I'm trying to go with this. The concept that I want to get back to again is 25 years ago, I made a bold statement. If the 10-year treasury is between 3.5-4% or lower, I'm buying stocks. So for 25 years, all I've done is buy stocks. I have not bought one single bond in 25 years for myself. And yet I want to, it's just the conditions aren't right. So I was at the right place at the right time to let it ride on stocks versus bonds. Not great financial advice, especially for wealthy people who don't need the risk. And when I say the word need the risk, you don't need stupid risk ever, but you do need to expose yourself to capital growth 
and capitalism within reason, within comfort levels, I literally have enough to live comfortably until the day I die. And I could do things like buy a new car, get a roof on my house, uh, give money to my children, give money to charities, take a lower paying job as maybe an investment consultant to a church where instead of earning cash, maybe I'll earn good faith and good points to get into heaven or whatever you believe in. You get the idea. I'm in a good position because I put my faith in the idea and the concept. Two simple concepts have held true. Well, I'll even throw out a third one. I understand growth stocks really well, I think, until I don't, knock on wood, right? The 10-year treasury and the jobs report. Those are the three things I care the most about. And I could probably factor in another 15, 16, 17. You can too. Um, you can't throw, a, I don't believe in owning more than 20 individual names. Warren Buffett taught me, treat investing as if you have a punch card that says 20 on it. Treat it with respect. Don't buy silly and frivolous things. I've bought silly and frivolous. So my punch card's probably at 60, but currently it's under 20. And I hope it'll always stay under 20. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com.